everyone, and welcome again to the Budgeting Period Podcast, your place to get your money shit in order. This is your weekly episode on what can you do to better your money, your life, your relationship with money, with your partner. And today I have a special guest, and I'm truly excited to talk with Grace, to speak with Grace, however you say it, um, because we have very similar approaches to money. And so I say this not only so that you realize that I am not the only crazy person that is obsessed with budgets, but there are actually different ways that you can approach a budget, your finances that can still get you what you ultimately want in life. You don't have to be working all these extra jobs. You don't have to be um, pinching every penny, but by stewarding your resources, your money effectively, you can actually live a little bit of a happier life. So without further ado, Grace, hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Now we met at FinCon this last year, which is a personal finance conference for creators. Um, and I sat down at a table and I don't even remember what the table was about, but it was just like little meetups. It might even just been about budgeting. And um, I remember this girl that was sitting next to me and she was like all about YNAB and, you know, you need a budget for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I was just like, <sighs> like usually at those conferences, you don't get YNAB people because you have all these other people that have all these different theories and how to manage your money and stuff. And so it was really exciting to meet you and tell me a little bit about you and your channel and just basically, how did you get started with your your personal finance, um, yeah, business and journey? Yeah, so um, I feel like there's so many different places I could start with my personal finance journey, but maybe I'll just start with YNAB. Um, I had been using the software Every Dollar from Dave Ramsey for years, and honestly, I just didn't want to support his business as much anymore. So I was looking for alternative solutions. And I think I just found it organically through Google, you need a budget. And their whole message really resonated with me from their four rules, which um, the second one, like true expenses, which I think is really applicable to like saving for a wedding and budgeting with a partner. Um, it all just really resonated. And then using their software, it's, I'm a software designer. So I think about these things a lot and to see really well executed utilitarian software just like speaks to my soul. <laughs> it is so pretty and it is so useful. And I just switched from an Android to an iPhone recently, and it's even different on those two platforms. And so I also geek out a little bit with that. And I'm so glad that you mentioned wedding because that is initially originally why I wanted to chat with you because during FinCon, you are a, well, I don't know if you were, but like an engaged woman. And I don't know if you were recently engaged is what I was going to say. Um, but you, we were sort of talking about just like wedding budgets and how all that goes. And I came from, um, my wedding experience was a surprise wedding. So we didn't tell anybody. We kind of had conversations hidden and did our own thing, but I wanted to get you on today to just talk about how the heck do you budget for a wedding and what does that even mean? And so, um, so, okay. I know on your YouTube channel, you talk about wine app. Have you gone deep into the rabbit hole of budgeting for a wedding yet with your, with your content? I believe there is a deep dive available on my YouTube channel where I go into every line item and there's several different ways you could handle this using the software wine app. So I think there's about three different ways. Um, the first way would be you have a single budget category in your main budget that's just this wedding. And it's probably, 
uh, five figure budget category. And hopefully you have a few years to get there. Um, ideally you're saving for your wedding before you're engaged, which remind me to tell you a story about that after I get through these other things. I literally had that moment earlier today that I wanted to talk to you about that too. Okay. Keep going. I'll write this down. Um, the second way would be to branch it away from your main like household budget that you're spending out of every day and actually create a new budget in YNAB where you're estimating for tons and tons of line items, trying to think of every single expense that could come up and estimating to the best of your ability. And doing that method is going to give you a much more concrete idea of the real number. Otherwise, yeah. it's just so easy to miss your estimate. And especially if you're planning a wedding, um, it goes from 10000 to 15000 to 25000 really, really quickly. <laughs> um, and then the last method, which is what I'm doing right now, is having all of those budget categories for the wedding itemized in your budget. Um, and the benefit to that is tracking. So I know exactly how everything breaks down. And this is also just personal preference. Like, I don't know that I would do this if I wasn't sharing it with the internet. Um, <laughs> it's really nice for the internet to know how much I spent on my dress versus the venue versus yeah. the DJ. But if it was just for like showing not spending in my budget, it would be totally fine to collapse it all into one. Like it's, that's what I love about budgeting too. And personal finance, like you can do whatever you want, as long as you're tracking it and you know what you're spending. Absolutely. And that's what we did. We had like this master spreadsheet of all the things that we wanted to, and we kind of had that lump sum of money that we wanted to, that we had an idea of what we wanted to spend. We were also full-fledged adults at this point without kids and real jobs. And so if it plus or minus five grand wasn't like a total deal breaker for us. Right. But we wanted to have an idea of like, this is the plan. And then in our budget, it was just one line item um, because we are crazy and we have about a billion other line items for every single little category. And I think you do too. And so we really enjoy having a line item for as about as detailed as we can get, because then our spending is very clear. Um, mm -hmm. But then with our budget for our wedding, it was on a separate spreadsheet, but we just had that one line item, but we still were tracking it to know how much money we are spending in each category, venue, um, all that kind of stuff. So I want to go back to what you said about um, saving money for a wedding. Um, and I thought about this earlier. It was like my random thought of, I'm like a, a new age woman where Derek and I decided to get married. And this wasn't like the movies when I feel like I was younger and I was like, oh my God, they just wake up one day and she's engaged. And then you have to start saving for a wedding. Like <laughs> you probably have an idea it's coming, right? Just like I used to have this fear when I was little of like, what if he says no at the altar? And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, right? But like, theoretically, if you're in a, a partnership, by the time you get to that point, hopefully you're both on the same page because otherwise- Things will, you know, aren't, aren't going right. But what I want to get back to what you were going to say about that, because we started saving for a wedding long before we were technically engaged because we knew that we were just paying for it for our own. So what did you guys do? So I had a theory that I would be engaged. Like you said, it's way more likely to not have any clue that you'll be engaged the next day if you're in a movie. Yeah. So we had this trip planned, romantic trip to New Orleans, and I just had a feeling 
about a year in advance and I started to save for it. I think I saved $10,000 and I decided to invest it uh, in order for it to grow because interest rates were so terrible on high yield savings accounts. So uh, then the market tanked. <laughs> so I have a big nest egg of money that I'm not going to be able to use for my wedding because it's so down right now. The good news uh, is it's still there, but it will probably turn into a house down payment. Um, but if you think you're going to be married, don't be uh, ambitious like I was. And I was like, I bet it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It wasn't what's the chances fine. of like a global pandemic and like the market crashes? Like what's, what's yeah. the <laughs> probability of all that happening? I But I, I love where you were at with that, like the proactiveness and the thinking outside of the box, because I mean, the amount of people that don't even have high yield savings accounts is one thing. And people, if you don't know what we're talking about, Google it right now, because at the very least your money for these large items, whether it's a wedding, a house, they need to be earning money because chances are you don't save for them for a short amount of time. You're saving for them for a long amount of time. Um, and it just makes sense to earn money on your money. And so within your budget, Grace, for your wedding, what is the one category that is continuously spiral spiraling out of control where you are just like no matter what how much you plan you're just spending more money than you wanted to um we'll start with the dress <laughs> oh um I managed to find my dress at a consignment store which was wonderful um so the actual dress wasn't as much as I thought, but then like you start adding on all the layers of the bridal look is kind of what I'm calling it. So I bought new shoes. I'm looking at accessories. Like, do I want to wear a flower crown? Um, what about nail polish? What about makeup? And um, it's just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to increase this again because I'm out of money. Like I just got some alterations done and... The boutique I went to was really good about telling me what to expect in terms of alterations, but there were still a couple of things that like they didn't know would need to be altered. And it was just really the seamstress that needed to see it. So um, it was just more than I thought. I thought I could get away with, le with less, but everything in the wedding budget has been like, well, I thought I could get away with less, but I don't know. Once you start looking at it line by line, um, the florist was another big one that um, the total, I think, was about $1,500 for all the florals and rentals. And I was like, that's so much money. But then I started looking line by line and it's like the bridal bouquet, which is the biggest bouquet, like, you know, but for anyone that doesn't know, it is massive. It was like 150. And then for each bridesmaids bouquet, it was 50. And that is very reasonable. <laughs> I was going to say 1500 is cheap people, but it is. So if that's what were what you weren't planning, that's where, what we're talking about right now. Right. Right. It's like when, I don't know, it's so easy before you have it in front of you. It's like, I think it's really hard because it's such a huge expense that you're really not allowed to plan for until it's right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't be researching the cost of linens or, um, how much to expect to pay for flowers, like 
like you can't, there's no way to know until you're engaged because people don't take you seriously, first of all. (laughs) And it's Um, so variable. Like does your, does your venue include linens in it or not? Does, um, where your venue is determines if you're in a big city or a small town, flowers are going to vary drastically. If you're getting married downtown Seattle, or if you're two hours West. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff is so variable. That's what I was running into too, is I even at one point was like, I'm not going to have any flowers. I don't want any, any flowers. Like the venue that we are getting married at was kind of like decorated. Um, we got married in new year. So it was like Christmassy kind of like pine up North. So there was evergreen everywhere. I was like, this looks great. Like this check, check marks don't have to do flowers. And I remember talking to one of my, um, the wedding planners that I used to work for. And she was like, Kelly, you need a bouquet. Like, this is non-negotiable. I'm making you a bouquet. And I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Well, obviously I'm going to pay you for it. And then that's how like, now all of a sudden I have flowers and the same with like the alcohol, we weren't going to like host certain tiers of alcohol, but then you get two weeks before the venue or before the event and emotions are awry. And you're so just like, oh my God, just put a pin in it. Like I'm done having this conversation that you just pick something and it's more than what your budget eight months ago was like trying to negotiate with yourself. And so mm-hmm. all these little categories kind of going crazy definitely adds up. Definitely. Um, shoot, something came to mind and I lost it, but I'll come back to it. I'm sure. <laughs> um, and so the, the wedding day look was a, a really interesting one too, because I think um, I, I call them mini budgets and it's basically breaking a big budget down into smaller things. So you can do the same for Christmas, a wedding, all the things. Um, But as we create these mini budgets, it's really easy to forget these little things. And one of the things that I forgot was the wedding day look. It was, um, I decided last minute since I didn't have a wedding party, I wanted to do my hair and makeup. And I also wanted to get an hour long massage and I wanted, you know, and it, and it totally adds up. And it's not something when you're sitting down with your partner and you are newly engaged that you're including in your budget, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's just so hard to know your priorities again, until it's right in front of you. Um, when we were searching for weddings, which I'll tell you real numbers of the three like finalist venues that we looked at, but we didn't realize until we got there, like, Oh, it would be great to have a space for the groomsmen to hang out with each other while things are getting ready. Like it would be nice like to have some sinks available for bridesmaids. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, I don't know. I never thought I would throw a traditional wedding like this. And now I'm here. And like I said, it just creeps up at first. I thought I could do it for 10. And then I was like, there's no way I could do it for 10, maybe 15. And then once you're up there and you're like, well, do I want a videographer? I'm already spending this amount of money on a wedding. What is a couple thousand dollars more just to document it? Like it just moves up so fast. And that's like the scope create problem is like, I'm already spending X amount of money. What's another 500 bucks? Like, right. Mm -hmm. And then the saying that in every single category is what really throws us off. And so what is your strategy right now with like saving for the wedding? Are you guys Um, do you have this like sinking fund? Are you having to like reduce spending in other areas and feel free to go as detailed or as kind of high level as you want? Yes. So I share all my real numbers on my YouTube channel. So if anybody wants high level detail, I go through it all. I have individual categories for everything right now because I'm kind of in hyper vigilant mode. The wedding is in like nine months. So I need to make sure to have 
the cash I need because I refuse to go into debt for this. So um, I think right now we have most of it covered. My, I got a very generous donation from some family members that have really helped. I think we're to about $600 a month for the wedding, including the honeymoon uh, sinking fund. Nice. So it's, it feels like a hefty sinking fund. And like, I kind of have a secret strategy for sinking funds. Um, no secrets here. Tell us, please. I call it like front loading. So I could save $600 a month every month until the wedding date in September. Or I could find extra cash every month and save like maybe $800 one month or $700 another month. And that reduces the goal every month going forward. It's like paying off debt to yourself before you spend the money. Yes. And that way, as you get closer to like the due date for this money, right? If something happens, if someone loses a job, if someone who works commission didn't get a big enough paycheck, that stress is already reduced because you're kind of covering things when you know you can afford them to kind of, you know, emergency fund your wedding, I guess, in case something does happen. Exactly. Like, I mean, I work in the tech industry, like I said, and that it's so volatile right now. I feel really secure, but if something did happen, I have this wedding nest egg yeah. that is technically going to be spent. But if I truly needed an emergency fund, it would be okay for me to deplete that and try to save up for it again or make some changes in the budget. Absolutely. I think, um, and to plug YNAB again, guys, YNAB also does not pay us. We wish they did. So if they want to start paying us, feel free. But YNAB makes this also super easy, you guys. I, I preach YNAB to all of my clients. If you just say you need $20,000 by next May, as you, as you save more or less money each month, it just automatically adjusts it for you. So there is no like mental math, crazy calculation, carry the three situations. You just you know, save the money. And it's like, great. Now you have, instead of $800 a month, you only have to save $700 a month. But if you saved more than that next month, it's like, great. Now you only have to save $600 a month. And it's constantly kind of adjusting it. Um, and YNAB also makes it super easy to just like move money around. Like if something did happen where you lost a job, you can just pull money from that wedding fund um, and put it somewhere else. And then you can, you know, use, have that goal still there to get right back on track to where you need to go. So um, an awesome tool. If, if you just want to make things a little bit more easy in your life. Um, I'll tell you the real numbers for the venues. So we had our top three venues. Um, the most expensive one was seven grand for a traditional venue that could have, I think the max was maybe 150. Okay. Um, and what I mean by a traditional venue is they have some like things included, like they had some tables included, a dance floor included, um, basically just somewhere that is like ready for an event. There's like alternatives such as you could get married in a park. That would be a very low venue fee. It would probably be less than $500 to get married in a public park. But um, event spaces, they're just like ready to go. There's a lot of benefits to having them. Like you wouldn't be able to have a dance floor in a public park. And we decided yeah, like, that was a priority. So. Absolutely. Like, and also people I've worked for in weddings for way too long that like, 
your grandma and your auntie are going to be schlepping chairs to this park. And like, God forbid you get married in the middle of the park and you have all your guests grabbing their own chairs and putting them all back and the rental car coming. Like there is something to say for paying for a venue. Venue is the one kind of our first thing that we got when we were getting married, because it answers a lot of your questions from there on out. It's like you said earlier, do we need linens? Do we not? And so uh, I don't know what it says about me, but seven grand didn't scare me for your most expensive venue, but I'm curious to see what your other ones were and also which one you chose. Yes. Uh, the middle tier one was 4,700. Okay. And that was a bigger venue. It was at a big open farm. It was gorgeous. I think it was called Wisteria Gardens and just beautiful Wisteria that you could get married under. I think they could have like 250 people. Wow. Ultimately, it was just too big for us and kind of yeah. far away. Uh, and the one we went with was 3100 Okay, and, and what does it include? It included, it was smaller. They had less like decor and kind of random crap included, honestly. Um, they have dishware, flatware, a coffee maker, which I'm definitely going to have coffee at my wedding because I'm from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had an indoor space for a dance floor. They have tables and chairs. So we will have some of that moving chair situation. For anybody looking forward into the future to plan a wedding, it's pretty common for people to pick up their chairs from the reception and carry them over yes. to, or the ceremony to reception. Yep. Absolutely. For Yeah. Yep. And some so places you'll have way to, to do like a room switch also where you hide away somewhere for a happy hour and then they just flip the original room too. So all, all things that kind of help you save money because you don't have this huge venue that has five different spaces where you can have five different experiences. They kind of like reusing spaces and moving people around in a little bit of a smaller area. Yeah. And uh, it's just crazy. I just had no idea. <laughs> What are you and guys doing so for funny. food? Are you able to like keep the food budget wrangled or have you not quite tapped into that yet since you're still a little bit away? The food budget is pretty solid. Um, I had a very long engagement, which Kelly, you know, but for people just tuning in, I got engaged a whole year ago. It was actually our engagement anniversary two days ago. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and... So we've been planning for so long. We decided to go with barbecue. It's going to be delicious. It's like the best barbecue in town. Awesome. But for 100, 110 people, it's just over $2,400. Oh my gosh. Perfect. And it's yeah. like the bigger thing here, people is like less chaos of like, well, do you want these appetizers and do you want first tier entree or second tier entree? And do you want it served hot or cold? Like all these questions and stuff that comes with food and Bev. And so mm -hmm. like choosing a solid option that, you know, is going to be delicious. That is also affordable and eliminates half of the questions is huge. It means so much to me that you're hearing my numbers and you're like, that's so affordable. Like, I don't know. You look at the total and I'm like, that's a down payment. And okay. So this is. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up. I say affordable a year past our wedding. 
we paid in cash. So we have no debt. So there's no like looming, like wedding. Like, you know, some people are like, they're still paying off their wedding for how long. So I have this like rosy pictured remembrance of my wedding. And I know you're not having any debt either. So you will be here at some point. Um, but also like the, this is kind of the whole point of this conversation. The individual categories in my brain, who's a year removed is like, that sounds affordable. That sounds like a deal. Good job. Way to go, Grace. And then when you do add up all the numbers, it is not quite affordable, or it's something that is taking two years of planning and Grace is saving $700 a month. Right. And so I think the moral of the story is that you actually have to create a budget. You actually have to look at every single item because it's really easy to look at each, each individual thing and think it's affordable. But then all of a sudden you're cash poor or you are putting things on credit cards or you're taking out a loan. And I'm not saying any of those options are bad, but is that what you're signing up for? That is such a beautiful segue just into what I love about YNAB is it completely gave me permission to spend. And like you said, I'm a crazy person with very, very many categories. Um, you'll have to go to my YouTube channel to figure out how many, because I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I didn't um, call you crazy. You called yourself crazy, but I will also put myself, myself in that same bucket as you, but I'm I'll link um, in the show notes here to your page, because I think people will want to give permission to themselves to have a bunch of categories. Yeah. And all those categories just give me permission to spend. And it makes me excited to spend my money in a way that like, I don't think you have as many categories as we do without a little bit of money anxiety. And I've always struggled with spending guilt. Um, I'm such a saver. So when it actually comes to spending money, having it in a category with a name, it actually makes me feel good and reassured that this is my priority. This is what it's all about. So it's in the plan. Whether you use YNAB or not, like just knowing what your priorities are and being able to see that that's where the money is going will change everything. And having that clarity of like being able to walk into a store and say, great, I have a hundred bucks to spend. And on this like specific shopping trip that you're on, whatever it is, maybe you're walking into a store and you're looking at like table or centerpiece decoration stuff, or you're looking for things to create a seating chart, like whatever it is, you know, exactly how much money you're working with instead of saying, okay, I have 20 grand for a wedding because that sounds like a lot of money. And then you're like walking into Hobby Lobby or Target or something with 20 grand. Like that's a very different scenario than you have $150 to spend on like the head table centerpiece. And so Mm -hmm. um, I, I love- I love how you go into detail of breaking specific numbers down. Um, I think it's really important for people to kind of just start this, especially um, weddings can be such a beautiful thing. And it could also be the most stressful time of your life. And um, I truly believe a piece of the puzzle when people are saying the first year of marriage is the hardest, I think it's money related. And if you can start off that journey without wedding debt and on the same page of how you value spending money and what you value spending money on, I mean, our first year has been a piece of cake. It honestly just feels like our previous relationship. And so I don't know what all the fuss is about people. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think it really shows like how you can get to the other side of budgeting of like stepping into it. Um, When I started using every dollar many years ago, um, it's hard to have that first budget session and to sit down and like face reality, first of all, and also just know like, 
oh, like I have a random charge on here for a trip to the drugstore. Like what category does that fall under? And it's just a skill that you have to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a muscle you got to practice people. And Grace does her budgets live. So you can like look at her stuff and, um, kind of see how she, how she budgets so that you can just use those same skills and tactics. Same with me. I showed you guys constantly how you can budget. And while we have similar approaches, I'm sure we do things a little bit differently. And that's because personal finance is personal. Everybody, I say this on a regular basis. I'm a broken record at this point, but you just have to find a system that works for you. And so start a system that other people are doing that has worked for them and then just tweak it along the way. I think Grace, we both found Dave Ramsey. We both are not Dave Ramsey. Um, I actually just filmed something earlier today and I got to do a debt-free scream. And I was literally said on the, on, uh, it was a YouTube thing I was a guest on. Um, and I was like, I didn't get to do a debt-free scream because I was very Dave ish. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. I think Grace and I are very Dave ish. Um, but it's because this is all personal and your budget is personal. And so, um, I love how you're, we're talking about a wedding, but it's the same skills to track our spending, to outline what we're going to be spending on and to, um, you know, kind of make it fun and be okay with mistakes that we, that we make along the way, because it's all flexible. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, is there any other, give me like a tip not to put you on the spot or what do you have to say with the, to these future brides out there that are about to sit down or they're maybe inspired to create their wedding budget or, you know, put this into any part of your life. People, if you're about to create a wedding or a vacation budget or a buying a house budget, whatever it is, um, what is Mm -hmm. your advice grace for these big time purchases that people are making? Start early. (laughs) And, um, you can use YNAB or a calculator to figure out a linear goal, how much you need every month. And if you are able to do more because it just makes it easier. It's like making it a downhill battle instead of like not saving enough in the early months. If you're saving extra in the early months, it just like shaves off a little bit in the future going forward. Absolutely. Like I always say, the best time to start saving for Christmas is in January because you have 12 months to save versus all y'all I'm talking to you right now that are starting to save for Christmas right now. And it's December 6th on this recording and you have about three and a half weeks. And so your entire Christmas or your entire, your entire December paychecks are going towards Christmas and you have no money for anything else. So Grace with that, thank you so much. People create your wedding budgets and be nice to your spouses, but also make them do half the work because they're also getting married. That is my tip for everybody. Um, and looking back a year from now, don't spend too much money, even though you want to, because there are other brighter, bigger things in the future. And you don't want to go into debt for paying for your wedding. I promise. Okay. I will leave it at that. Grace, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Yay. All right, everyone. I'm going to put her YouTube link in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Um, and if you really want to see all the details, I know she always shares her, shares her real numbers. And so thank you so much. And we will see you guys on budgeting period, the podcast, um, you know, to get your money in order next time. <laughs>